0: Yeah, see, so you think Han shot first.
1: Han, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate, oh.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to
1: Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer.
0: And this is our review episode for Solo, a Star Wars story that just came out this week.
1: Yeah, that's Uh, right.
0: It's not much of a superhero thing, but we're big Star Wars guys. (laughs) Yeah, I...
1: I was thinking that, too. I was reading off my line, and I was like, I do put the emphasis on superheroes, but I, I, I would suppose Star Wars has kind of reached that franchise height to kind of be encapsulated with all of these superhero stuff going on. So, yeah, I, I would say it's part of the course.
0: And also, I mean, I think, you know, we like pop culture things. We're Star mm. Wars fans. This is not out of our wheelhouse at all. Yeah, so. uh,
1: yeah and I mean, um, whether there are or aren't Jedis in this movie – um jedi i would say is very much a superhero like they have mm-hmm. powers they have cool weapons they're looked up to as heroes sometimes vilified by the government i mean that's basically a superhero uh, well, right? There.
0: also i mean on the flip side sith i would be a superhero villain
1: so yeah the, the perfect way but, yeah i mean it's literally defined as dark side and light side so there you go yeah but uh, since spoilers did crop up there for a second in conversation, uh, uh, up here up front, we're just going to give you our, our initial impressions spoiler-free. And mm-hmm. then the, the meat of this is uh, going to be spoilers for sure. But we'll let you know. We'll put some time stamps uh, wherever you see descriptions for where you're listening to this. So don't don't worry out there, kitties.
0: That's right. That's right. So just to get it out of the way so you guys aren't listening forever if you haven't seen it, uh, Mike, would you tell people to watch or not watch Solo, A Star Wars Story?
1: Oh, wow, okay, here we go. So they're putting on is, you this time. <laughs> this is a surprisingly uh, competent, enjoyable movie. I, I think I went in with very low expectations because this is a movie we didn't even think we really wanted, that the production was obviously in turmoil for a while, going through two different directors. We heard so much news of possibly Alden Ehrenreich just being really bad at acting. We heard rumor that he had to get an acting coach. So there was a lot going into this movie. So I just went in with the ballpark, uh, bottom, dirt level expectations. I saw this movie on like a Saturday morning where if you see a movie on a Saturday morning, especially a Star Wars movie, half of the theater is filled with 10-year-olds. So I was very lucky that the kids in my theater were at least... Very well behaved. Mm-hmm. Actually, there was like two dads like sitting next to me, like two middle aged dads that were actually more annoying than any children were. They were just always like remarking at things that they saw on the screen, like "Ooh, wow that Ooh, that's good. I like that." And it's just like, "Okay, dad, settle down. We're just watching Star Wars here, okay?" And they had a like, cup
0: of jalapenos too, right? No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. These were these were milk toast dads. They would never have mm. jalapenos. So at least that was good. I didn't have to deal with that smell. So anyway, <laughs> back to back to Solo. Um, yeah, you know, I, it was it was a decent uh, good good time uh, I was pleasantly surprised that Alden Ehrenreich's performance was actually m- my favorite part of the movie I thought he was very charming he had a lot of charisma um, I could kind of I, through the whole movie I was trying to imagine as if um, as if Han Solo was young I was trying to imagine Harrison Ford as a, as a young kid and I was like yeah I could kind of feel this vibe I think this is working for me I like the energy that he brought and I thought his performance was actually better than Donald Glover's. I, I thought he, Donald Glover almost felt like he was doing an impression of Lando Calrissian and not really embodying the character. So that, that kind of threw me off. I wasn't expecting that to happen. You know, we'll get into spoilers and talk about more specifics, but some fun stuff happened. Um, I think this movie's biggest weakness is that it, feels very slow in the middle we really slow down and hit the brakes i feel like and i there's a couple points where i just kind of start looking around the theater and that's a really bad sign when my i'm so distracted i just want to look at something else behind besides the screen so that was kind of unfortunate and there's other kind of bigger things i want to talk about like the franchise of star wars and how these star wars stories movies feel to me and prequels but you know i'll let that i'll let that rest because that's almost like a bigger um that's a bigger ordeal that maybe this movie doesn't necessarily have to take on, but surprisingly, uh, surprisingly enjoyable. Um, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it felt kind of a little bit like rogue one, like, yep, that was a star Wars movie that I watched. Didn't feel like I walked away with anything catastrophic to the star Wars lore that really shook me, you know? So, um, yeah, so that's how I felt about solo. Chris, how about you? I loved it.
0: I had a really good time actually. Uh, I think I'm going to agree with you. I'm sitting in the theater five minutes beforehand. I'm like, I really need to get hyped for this. I'm (laughs) tired. It has been a day. I'm not overly anticipating watching this movie. So I could definitely agree going in with very, very low expectations. Um, Might have, I guess, I don't know if it persuaded me, but definitely made it feel better than it was. But I had a really good time in this movie. Uh there I there are parts, even though we know Han Solo and Chewbacca make it out of this movie, right? Mm. Obviously we do. I there were points where I was like kind of thrill like thrill riding when they were driving the Falcon. I'm like, oh my gosh, like something could happen at any point in this movie. Um, which caught kinda caught me off guard a little bit when I was watching, it. I'm like, Oh, that's 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 interesting. Um, I I do have to agree with you. Um, Alden Ehrenreich and I would have to say Don Glover both very – when they're on the screen, it was charismatic to watch them. Like it was mm-hmm. hard not to watch those characters on the screen. And, you know, it's kind of um, a, a, a given that uh, the actress who played Kira uh, – what, what is her name again?
1: Uh, I've just been calling her the Mother of Dragons. Mother of Dragons. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, what is her name? Amelia Clark, I believe. Yeah. Um, she, she, and she always does good stuff. So she wasn't really a surprise, but Lando, like redo visiting Lando and revisiting Han Solo were definitely, you know, questions we had going into this. We, we've been following this way too closely and we knew way too many bad things. (laughs) And, um, at the end of the day, they, they surpassed my expectation. They didn't just do the job. They did a better job. And I would love to, Watch another movie with them if they can figure out how to make that work. So um, I'm definitely definitely down with that. Uh, I've got to even you know give Woody Harrelson some credit uh, playing playing his character be- uh, Tobias Beckett. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm really enjoying this character. These these arcs with them. Um, at the end of the day, like you said, does this add anything to the Star Wars universe? Eh, maybe not a whole lot. There might be a couple things that we'll talk about in spoilers, but it didn't do. It's there just kind of for fun. And to me, this has been the most fun Star Wars movie I think we've had of these four new ones. H- hands down, I had a really good time. I didn't suffer the slowdown part that you did. Um, I didn't feel like the full... How long was this movie? Two hours and 15 or something like that, maybe? Yeah, I definitely felt that run time for sure. I, I did not. I was enthralled in this whole thing. So I went, I went right in. And by the time I was I'm like, oh my gosh, it is done. It's time to go home. Is there anything after the credits? There's not. Just to give you guys a heads up so you don't wait around the time.
1: <laughs> Star Wars uh, movies, yeah, they usually don't do the after credits, not.
0: Yeah, no. Um, so I uh, I had a really good time, and um, I would easily, hands down, walk out, feel the best about this Star Wars movie of any of the four we've gotten yeah. in, the, in the, the Disney world. So. Pleasant,
1: pleasant surprise, that's for sure. But Chris, I would love to jump into spoilers right now because... Um, I want to we, talk about specifics.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to mark our notes here. And if you've not watched it, go away. If you have watched <laughs> it, stay around. So, Mike, spoilers. Our, what do you got? Our, what questions do you right. got? What do you want to talk so, about here?
1: I knew we were off on a good footing at the very beginning of the movie because um, everything just felt pretty charming off the, off the bat. And uh, I don't know about you, but I loved seeing the practical effects of a Lady Proxima at the beginning of the yeah. movie. That worm creature that comes out of that like water, that pool, like that was really cool. Like, and it was a mixture of CG and practical, you know. Because when Han throws the rock and the light comes in, you know, we can see like the face burning. So it's like some sort of yeah. weird like uh, like vampire worm thing. But I was like, oh, this is cool. These are the things I really like about Star Wars. When you kind of get that creature with the humans and stuff, that's like almost like the essence right there. Like that, like if, uh, if Star Wars was like dis- like distilled down to like a spice, you know, that's definitely yeah. one of like the first things in the ingredients is like weird aliens. So when I saw that, we are off to like a off to a good start. So uh, that that got me going, Chris.
0: I I think I also like that that part is probably the 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 intro is probably the weirdest part of this movie because you just you just jump right in. Mm-hmm. You don't get baby Han Solo. You don't get him growing. up up you get him as he is and like i think this covers like what a three-year time span or something Mm like that
1: and you get a you get a unique kind of credits crawl so it wasn't really crawling we got some kind of three or four different powerpoint slides to set us up for this movie that like i feel like technically they're trying not to make them a crawl but i was like they could have crawled across the screen and done it could have been a crawl no one would (laughs) have said anything yeah uh so I, i definitely i think i think it started off good um
0: it to me i mean what what really was cool was like all the nods to the larger universe as well um it, it didn't feel heavy-handed at times in this i don't know about you but they, nothing felt heavy-handed to this
1: um, well, that almost kind did, of weaves into um i guess easter eggs and origins and like sometimes it did feel like we were getting origins for things that I would never needed origins for. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if you caught this one or not, but it felt just kind of ridiculous that it was even happening. So the Millennium Falcon, when we're first introduced to this spaceship in the Star Wars universe, is this old kind of beat up ship that has its own quirks. Only Harrison Ford kind of knows how to operate it and Chewie, his first mate. And, you know, panels are always like falling down in this thing, popping down, showing wires and Han has to push it back up. He's like, oh, don't worry about this, you know, don't worry about this rust bucket. I'll get it going or whatever. And then, like, we get to see the origins of the flaps and his control like cockpit falling yeah. down, which is weird. I never like, i it almost felt like, okay, we're going a little too far. I don't need, I can just assume the Falcon gets older and the panels can't hold up there. I don't need to know that a tie fighter torpedo hit it when they were going through that like weird, like space dust storm. And the that maelstrom, would make, yeah. And that's what makes the panel falls down. So that was kind of weird, but yeah, this movie is chock full of like Easter eggs and nods to the point where sometimes there would be like a longing glance by. By an actor at something on screen, and I'd be like, "Is this an Easter egg?" I feel like I'm supposed to be noticing an Easter egg right now, but I can't remember. So I'm sure that there's some I didn't even catch. So yeah, there's a there's a whole lot of that going on. So I guess
0: two to introduce two I guess origins we get here. We get the name of Han Solo. His name is Han. He doesn't have a family or people. So someone gives him the last name Solo. Is probably the most just brushed away thing in the movie. To me, it just kind of happened, and you're like, "Yep, that that makes sense." But they did Um,
1: they 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 like made it like all timed out. Like, so, what's your last name? Oh, I don't have one. He's like, "Hmm, what will your last name be?" I travel solo. Yeah, (laughs) I I travel by myself. Hmm, I wonder what your last name could possibly be. It's almost like the character could have just looked at like the screen and winked to the audience, like, "eh."
0: Yeah, so that was was probably, like, the biggest... I guess that's the heaviest hand, but they they don't linger on it, like, after that. Like, yep, this is Han Solo now. Move along. Yeah. Basically, it, no one right, asked I thought they were going to ask him later, like, how do you get your last name?
1: Well, one of, my guy favorite, gave it to me. one of my favorite parts of the movie happens right after that heavy-handed naming scene of where we're dropped into the trenches of World <laughs> yeah. War I fighting. And you see, like, Han just distraught, like, covered in mud. And then you see this, like, TIE fighter right behind him just get, not TIE fighter, um, was it AT-AT walker? Yeah, there's AT-, AT getting dropped in, or yeah. ATSTs are getting yeah, dropped AT- in. Yeah, and you, it just drops, and you see the recoil on its feet, and then it starts walking, and then the camera starts panning, and I'm just like, okay, this is really cool. I really dug that scene because I mentioned this in Rogue One. I like it when we kind of get to see the nitty gritty of what war in the galaxy actually looks like in the Star Wars kind of main canon. We just kind of get like broad, overarching stories of like Skywalkers. We don't, we never really get down in the mud. So it was. Kind kind of cool to see that and then also he makes it a point to say like oh we're the invaders this is their planet and it's just like okay we're starting to kind of see the seeds of han solo might be a scoundrel but at least he kind of knows what's right and wrong you know he just doesn't Mm. always do anything about it you know
0: yeah yeah exactly and i think the one right after that was actually
1: on that planet is where he meets chewbacca for the first time Oh, um, that was that—that that was maybe my second favorite part of the movie. If you can tell, the first act of the f- movie was my favorite.
0: Yeah, you think? So? I mean, I had a good once they were with Lando, I had a really good time because I liked. Was L three thirty seven is the um, the robot name
1: that's with mm, them? The deliberation the bot, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah L- the one who's like, L- yeah, L three thirty seven, which is Leet.
0: <laughs> leet, very much Leet. Um, so meeting Chewbacca has been changed from what we originally read, um, but like I, I still think it was kind of cool to see that you know how they met and how they worked together to get out of there. Yeah, so. I
1: like I like seeing Chewie as betrayed. Portrayed as a monster because We've kind of I've seen that creatively Before in like comic book panels Or like fan art you know Oh what Chewie actually is he's actually like A a hairy monster we've only ever Seen him as a nice guy so I wasn't expecting Him to be in that pit even When we saw like a first close up of just Like the feet and hands walking and I was like oh This is gonna be some sort of cool monster then all Of a sudden it's Chewie and I was just like oh hey it's Chewie But then I was like oh he's covered in mud We're only seeing his silhouette and he's just Uh kind Of moving around like a Sasquatch in big foot and I was like this is actually kind of creepy like I'm imagining like (laughs) Chewbacca eating people right now. I was like With with his bandolier off he looks entirely different. Oh yeah it's weird when he doesn't have like those humanized clothes on him but and then you know Han Solo he's a scrappy guy so I kind of like how he it's kind of a an obvious way. Like Chewbacca's a smart creature. Like I, I don't see why he couldn't have just figured out to punch that pole before. But you know, I guess if he's been kind of brutalized and tortured, maybe he wouldn't realize well, they, it. But they were watching him, and you know, they could have
0: easily shot him if he yeah, did try it on his own. Yeah, I guess
1: I guess that's the point. But I do like a uh, I do like how Han is scrappy and kind of can talk his way out of anything, which is kind of yeah. his definition of a character. So, uh, and then I guess it kind of makes sense that now he th- now we see the origin of how he knows how to talk to Chewie because he's always kind of known a little Wookiee, so... Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that was really enjoyable. And then that he, like, kind of force-invited himself along with Tobias Beckett's crew. Of, yeah. Like, ragtag people. Um, and I actually... I mean, despite the fact we only got... I forget the the the, the guy with multiple arms names. Rio and... Uh, oh, are you talking
1: about Jon Favreau?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rio and then I think the girl's name was Val, maybe. Um... It, it was yeah, sad Val. to see them go so early, but, I mean, at the same time, I was, ha- I was having a good time with them. I think they could have prolonged that way too long and, and ruined those characters. So um, what about the uh, uh, Infus Nest reveal? How did you feel? I thought, I the
1: thought Infus, it was going to be that, that guy was, from the beginning. The Infus was, Nest, that was the cool, chromed kind of goggle person, right? Yeah, it turned out to be a girl. Yeah, that's right. The Murda from Brave is what I've been hearing people describe the way she looks. That was it was kind of confusing because when I first saw the character in the movie and when I saw the the line of events, I was just like, "Oh, that's going to be Emil Clark under that helmet for sure." Uh-huh. I was almost dead set like, "Oh, that's what she ended up doing after they got separated on that um, engineering." building planet or whatever. That's what she is now. It's going to be a reveal maybe at the end of this scene or at the end of the movie, but then it didn't end up being that. Actually, Emil Clark was brought back into the movie kind of unceremoniously. She was just kind of in that party room on that yacht. Yeah. So I was kind of expecting maybe a, a little bit more of a swelling reunion, but anyway back to the chromed out goggle lady uh, she was pretty cool, I liked the way she fought I kind of, I, you know, I liked the laser kind of chainsaw that she had it looked like something my fa- I've seen my father use in the past to trim the trees in his backyard so uh, it was kind of cool to imagine that as a weapon, but when she was revealed at the end of the movie I would just kind of stared at her and I was like what am I supposed to be reacting to right now? because since I said this movie is full of easter eggs and nods and reveals, I was just like am I looking at a younger version of a character I know or am I looking at a slightly older version of a prequel character I've seen before I was like what am I looking at and then I started to realize oh I think it's just a normal movie reveal where we're just supposed to be surprised that it's a young girl and not just a character in the Mm. canon that you might have seen so I could kind of see that reveal being a little confusing and I I kind of wasted because I was like I don't I don't know how I'm supposed to feel right now it took me a little bit to figure out what was going on well, so I was like okay I guess it's a cool badass girl the more of the reveal to me was that this was the seeds of the rebellion which is something I didn't realize hadn't been seeded yet in Han Solo's time so I was like oh, I guess it's kind of cool to see like somebody that would be described as like a rebel or a pirate would be the seeds of a rebellion so I, I liked that kind of reveal if you will
0: yeah well I mean I To me, I thought she looked a lot like the character at the beginning of the movie who was chasing after Han and Kira because the mask looked the same. And I thought it was going to be a reveal that it was that same person from Karelia. Because oh, the mask was the y- same.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that could have been it. And then
0: I was like, "Oh, so Han's past caught up to him, kind of thing." Like, because mm. um, he said, "I'll get you." But also, we got Warwick Davis as, as one of the. <laughs> yeah, like,
1: I was so I was rebels. happy to see that he finally got some face time on a Star Wars movie. So yeah, that was something I picked up on. I was like, "Oh, good for you, Warwick."
0: Yeah, and Ron Howard's brother was running the robot fighting. Uh, yeah
1: ring. what what else has he been in? Like, I, oh, like, he, he's, he's kind Cleans of had boys, that. always, like,
0: in everything.
1: Yeah, he's kind of done, like, that hillbilly kind of face before. Am I thinking, like, Arrested Development? Yeah, Waterboy. I think that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> that, he's in, was, he's I, in Arrested
0: I, Development. He's in Seinfeld and, and other mm-hmm. shows. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. So, I think I've uh, seen him in Seinfeld. Yeah. That. That might be it
0: too. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, he he's he's uh he's got a face you'll remember that's hot. Mm-hmm. He's in awesome powers. He does the joke at the beginning about the the dick and balls. <laughs> he's he's the radio operator for that.
1: Yeah, that's
0: right. That's uh, right. So he's he's been around. So it was fun to see him. Let's let's swap gears a little bit. Since so we're talking about robots, what did you think about L three three seven? I mean, <laughs> I think her motives were pretty funny. And she was a very, like, what's the deal with sassy robots? Like, are all (laughs) robots in these movies sassy? Because, I mean, between him and, what's a Rogue One one?
1: I think we need, oh, K 2 K2SO. I think yeah. we need a whole trilogy on robots' rights here. I feel like it's just a cyclical for all of intelligent life that eventually we're going to make robots that enslave and kill us all. I feel like we're edging towards the Matrix here because I was like, geez, robot rights and equal rights for robots. And then talking about Lando and L3 doing it and it just quote unquote works. Like, what is going on here? I think the thing that disappointed me the most about L3 was just the fact that she technically died i guess like i mm. know like her interface was like uploaded to the millennium falcon which is very much feels like that episode of futurama i don't know if you remember that episode of futurama where um where the dog the pl- for fry well no where the where the planet express ship gets some sort of ai turned into it And then it it falls in love with Bender and then it's like a robot in love with a robot, but it's a spaceship. So it just felt like that episode of Futurama to me. So it was was weird. I was just like, are are all of our cool, tall, humanoid robots going to die in our Star Wars stories movie? We already lost K2SO. Why can't L3 live? And it was kind of a cool design. I don't know if it was too on the nose or maybe it was like a cool design to just have her having swinging hips. I was just like... Is the first time we get a female droid. Does she have to have like these giant swinging hips? But then at the same time, I was like, well, it looks kind of cool for the character. So I guess maybe I shouldn't be um, too worried about that. I think she
0: said something about the way she was shaped was built for something, and and Uh, there was a line in there.
1: Oh, but the character I've seen some kind of behind the scenes shots is, I think the character that. That voiced her or at least maybe a stunt double or something there's a green suited person under that droid so i think they just they paint out the chroma key for that character so i don't i think a lot of it is practical which is really cool which maybe kind of um, informs the motion of the character. So I was like, "Well, that's cool. I like that they're putting these practical stuff in there." And when she was liberating all of those bots in that um, <laughs> in the salt mines, I was like, "Okay, this is actually this is pretty funny." And they're like, "Revolution!" And then all the robots yeah. are just running all over the like the the panels and stuff. I was like, "Okay, I am digging this," but then she had to yeah. die, and I was like, "Come on, why do you have to kill well, them all?" I- i think
0: it kind of goes back to maybe treating lando like a person like he doesn't care about anything but himself Mm -hmm. in l3 um and i i thought i thought they up the first game of sabacc to be where han solo wins the ship right out the gate yeah that's what i thought too nope we're gonna yank it out from under you and show you lando's a cheater yeah, so so, um, so
1: actually let's talk about Lando a little bit and that portion of the movie because I think that's when the movie really slows down for me and stalls. And I feel like I'm really starting to get pulled out of the film. And I don't think it has anything to do with Lando as a character or Donald's performance necessarily. It just kind of felt a little unfocused. I was like, okay, they're, they're building a team here and they're going on a heist and a mission. But I felt like this entire movie has just been a string of heists and missions, so it didn't really feel like we were deviating from any sort of like creative storytelling. I was just like, all right, we're just gearing up for another, another heist here, and oh, Lando's got to be pulled into the mix because we got to get the Falcon in the storyline. So it felt like they had a lot of, they had a lot of plot to serve because so much has been built up in the Star Wars universe. So it almost felt like you know being a prequel and trying to tell this older story that they're almost like boxed into a window a little bit. And I was like, okay, of course we got to have like the Kessel run in there because that's uh, integral to the storyline of the Falcon. So it's, you know, I'm just kind of, I, I I feel like the whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm just like checking these boxes in my mind, not just because we've reported on this movie for a long time. We know a lot what's going into it, but it's just like as a Star Wars fan, you know, kind of these things have to happen. So I'm just like watching the movie. I was like, okay, box checked, box checked. Box checked. Okay, gambling. Well, uh, is he gonna win the Falcon? Check. So, it, you know, it, it took a little bit of the mystery out of the movie for me. I, well, I think I
0: think if you view it as a standalone movie, yes. But this movie doesn't line up at the beginning of Rogue or um, a New Hope like I thought it would. Like there's mm. a good five to seven years in there, maybe. Um, yeah, that's a that's that a it, gap that it didn't cover.
1: And that's actually kind of it's a cool possibly interesting gap that hasn't been explored very much yet so i kind of felt like i was in unfamiliar territory you know we know a lot about the prequels we know a lot about star wars and we know we know now we have some bridges um from a new hope of what happened with rogue one so kind of the seeds of the rebellion is an interesting time to kind of view in so at least you don't know exactly everything that's happening in that timeline So, well, I I agree. I think think the next –
0: I mean, if they didn't give us everything in this movie because they probably didn't know if they were going to do a sequel, there is a room for another movie where we learn about a lot of things that we don't know and could be in, like you said, unfamiliar territory. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes to probably the biggest reveal of this movie, Mike, is Darth Maul is pulling the strings. Yeah.
1: That was an interesting experience for me (laughs) because – we're seeing the hologram on screen and I'm just like, "Okay, we're seeing a blue hologram. There's a bad guy here for sure. Are we going to see the reveal of like an emperor? You know, that that would be kind of interesting to see. That'd be kind of cool, you know, tie wow. it into the dark side a little bit. And then the camera starts to pan around and I'm seeing robot legs and I'm just like, "Well, robot legs." And I was like, "What Sith Lord has robot legs, is this like a new person that we haven't seen before? So then it kinda of pans up and I still don't know who it is and I'm kind of feel the shame that I didn't know exactly who it was once I saw the legs. But then when I see freaking Darth Maul's face and I was just like, Oh, they actually <laughs> did it. I'm surprised that they brought him back. I know the Clone Wars series I guess maybe is canon but I See, don't Clone care Wars if,
0: is and so is Rebels
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't ca- I don't even care if they call it canon because that doesn't necessarily mean that they're ever going to use it so I was like whoa they brought Darth Maul back and then you know my super nerdy superhero slate brain where we track all this stuff starts firing on and off and I'm just like okay where does this lead to what movie is this tying into what's going on um, but what did, what did you think about the reveal because I have a little bit oh, more uh, to add to it but I want to know so what you think
0: when I saw it I'm like What timeline are we in real quick? So it took me a minute to remember (laughs) that we're after episode 3 and before episode Mm 4. But still, in the Clone Wars, or in the Rebels show, Maul is dead. Um, He has been stuck on a... When they find him, he's been stuck on a planet for like several years. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is in between that... Like, this is before he gets stuck on that planet. And um, that means we, we have some time to play with here, which is really, really fun to think about. To me, first off, I noticed that this is still played by um, the same actor who played him in Episode 1.
1: Oh, so but he gets a speaking role this time. Everybody gets to talk a little bit now, because well, even Warwick Davis had a line. Well, so in... I guess he did talk a little bit in Phantom Menace. Well, I think maybe a couple the, words.
0: Who is the actor who does this? Um, I got to think, he did Toad in the first X-Men movie as well. Oh, I didn't know and, he did
1: Toad. That's cool.
0: And Snake Eyes in the... Um, Ray Park, he did Snake Eyes in the the... the one movie, So it's the same actor playing it, but the first one, the first Darth Maul was played by, uh, voiced by Peter Serafinowicz. Um, mm-hmm. This one was voiced by Sam Witwer, who voices him in the Clone Wars and Rebels show. Oh. So they actually were able to, to do that, so they did it over. Uh, he mentioned Dathomir, which is his home planet, and that's where Kira's going at the end. I think, now we know, we haven't talked news yet, but a Boba Fett movie was announced on Thursday the day of this release mhm what if boba fett is the movie that ti- is the the sequel to this instead like they're not there's not han solo 2 but it's boba fett about hunting down han solo for um, the sith lords
1: yeah so because- that that kind of goes into what i was going to talk about here where this is kind of an inherent thing that is just never going to be fixed in prequel movies for any franchise out there on the planet And I don't know if we call it like prequelitis or if we just call it Mikeitis because maybe it's a problem I only ever go into. But when you go into a prequel movie, the fact is you just know what's going to happen. I mean, yeah, prequels are kind of filling in gaps, adding stories. But at the end of the day, I know exactly what happens to Darth Maul, unless they're going to kind of like change the canon or something like that. Like you said, you can just go on Wikipedia and find out the fate of Darth Maul or watch The Clone Wars. You know, I know exactly what happens to Han Solo. I know where his story goes. I know Chewbacca gets to outlive Han Solo and we don't really know what his emotional ramifications yet of that death is kind of sadly you know, Chewbacca, he might be hurting on the inside. I think he needs a hug. So it's just kind of – it's this weird thing where it's just like we're in this really big uh, high-budget blockbuster Star Wars movie inside this franchise. And this whole movie, you know, we get these kind of reveals like Darth Maul and Han Solo kind of running off at the end to probably go meet Jabba the Hutt more than likely. So I get this big swelling feeling throughout the movie that we're building to something. This is a Star Wars movie. This is a franchise. We're building to the next movie. We're building. We're leaving on a little bit of a cliffhanger. We have like this character that we put a lot of work in. Alden Ehrenreich actually was a pretty cool performance. So we have all of these kind of threads building up to possibly imagining a second solo movie. But At the end of the day, what's it building to? Like, I know the Death Star gets built, you know, in some fashion and gets destroyed. You know, I know where all this stuff ends up. So it's just kind of like I feel a little less invested in the Star Wars stories movies when they're trying to kind of leave it on cliffhangers or build it up to another story. So it's kind of a weird thing where it's like I can have a fun time watching this movie, but I just can't be too excited when I walk out of the theater like, oh, I can't wait to see that Boba Fett movie. Uh, well, we really get the. I, I think see him because uh, you know. wanting to
0: be excited for a next movie is a problem of movie going in and of itself. You should be excited for the movie as it is, not yeah. the next movie. And 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 though this is building towards, I actually I want to see what happens with the, the character Kira. Like, where did she go at the end of this? Uh, well, I, why did we not see her again?
1: Yeah, I honestly couldn't care about Kira at all. I'm not saying Amelia Clark didn't do a good idea. But I was just like, I know Kira probably doesn't come back into Solo's life really that much more just because we're going to be coming up to a new hope sooner or later. I mean, maybe she could come back after Return of the Jedi a little bit when everyone's a little well, bit older. Well, there, but there's,
0: there's six years here where we can play with, though, because yeah, Han it, Solo it just, here is more upbeat and happy. When we meet him, he's not as very he's not as happy go lucky as he is in this movie. Yeah, I to guess you honest, got a He point. is more of a grouch in a new hope and he's he's been on the run, he's a little rough looking. He's like, yeah, I'm more of a he turns more into Beckett's character than the Han Solo in this one.
1: Yeah, but by, it's by that it, point. but it is hard for me to invest in Amelia Clark because you know, really their main tie is a love story and I know that he doesn't end up with her. He ends up with Leia, but, so it's hard how, for me to But how does invest- he
0: move past her though? Like he spent yeah, 3 years pining over her.
1: I get he's that. He's not going to
0: stop immediately because yeah, she flew away in a ship.
1: I get that, but is that an interesting story? I, I mean, think so, I guess, because she's, she's working with on,
0: a Sith Lord.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess but on you some You want your like...
0: lightsabers in your movies, this is your lightsaber well, chance to go to well, Dathomir.
1: Well, well, what I was about to say, I'm, I'm interested in seeing Darth Maul on the screen. I want to see him fight again because that was the coolest part of the prequels, in my opinion, was yeah. that fight scene. And I thought it was a cool nod that his theme song, that like yeah. sw- like comes up a little bit behind him when we get to see him. So that was kind of a cool nod. So yeah, I want to see Darth Maul again. I want to see some CG robot legs and some flipping and fighting. I don't know exactly who he fights. I guess he could fight Boba Fett, but we know he's probably um, well.
0: He he not- has to be stranded on a planet. To show up in Rebels. What if somehow Han Solo ends up being the person straining him on that planet?
1: yeah i mean i guess that could work I'm, I'm not saying that you're wrong but like when we talk about all these questions my mind is cranking like a crypt calculator like crossword like wikipedia like I, i'm like i'm trying to i'm just trying to say puzzles but i can crop up my head i sound like an idiot but i'm just like well, how, does that work does that fit in the timeline yeah i guess it does and some people were talking about like oh wouldn't it be cool if these star wars stories movie all kind of culminate and they all fight darth maul even with that obi-wan yeah. movie and i was it's like, well, no, no Han's never gonna cool. meet Obi Wan in a Star Wars story movie because they didn't know each other when they met in New Hope. So then you start running into like limitations in your mind, and it is kind of a little bit of a letdown. It's like, oh man, you and McGregor's never gonna get meet. Never, he's never gonna get to meet Alden Ehrenreich. It's like, oh, I guess that's something we can't have happen. So yeah, yeah okay. there's there's this needle that definitely needs to be threaded in these movies, and sometimes it. It can get a little mentally exhausting, like you said when we saw Darth Maul, you were just like, "Oh God, what timeline are we in?" And it's just yeah, there's a whole. I
0: forgot because I'm like, "What? We're seeing young versions yeah. of people. How far prequel did we go here?" Yeah, there's a um, there's a
1: lot of mental gymnastics <laughs> that goes to watching this but, movie.
0: But I, I the adventure was so fun. The characters were were having a good time. There wasn't as much down about like all the other ones have been kind of down downer movies like with death and destruction and all we really got. Killed in this was Dryden Voss, um, which is a bad year for uh, that actor, um, Paul Bettany. He died as Vision and <laughs> Dryden Voss. He is not having a good year. He's the opposite of Josh Brolin right now. <laughs> um, but he he's in he's in two good movies and L three three seven really. Uh, um, and I guess you know Samuel Beckett. But I mean it, I, I like the adventure, the adventure, the whole thing, the the, the start in the the. I guess the end point doesn't matter because we know where it's going, but I really just love the adventure along the
1: way. Yeah, I mean, that's really all you can hold on to when you know exactly where the story is kind of going to terminate in the long run. You're just kind of like, oh, I just have to enjoy what I'm watching on screen. So that's why, like, you kind of – I love the relationship between Han and Chewbacca. You know, it's fun to see that kind of start to bloom and they kind of start to Uh. become buddies. Uh, Man, uh, Chewie doesn't really have a whole lot of agency, I feel like, in his story. Like, he just kind of, like, is on this very – very uh, right righteous mission at the beginning of the movie where he just wants to break out and save all of his Chewbacca, all of his Wookiee brethren. And he kind of has like a sweet moment where he gets to break them out of the jail. But then after that, it's just like, I guess Chewie just hangs out with han for the rest of his life from going on there i guess he doesn't want to go find lumpy anymore because uh, i think lumpy's canon technically somewhere um <laughs> so i guess yeah. he doesn't going want to find his uh, wife and son so i guess i just have to wipe the star wars special out of my mind but all right Chewie, i guess you can just go hang out with han
0: <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know how much that sits there but yeah i mean he was he, i mean he may owe a life debt to han because he did han did help him break out and get free Um, Oh,
1: you say life debt and life day is part of the Star Wars special, holiday special. So you might have something going there, Chris.
0: Yeah. uh, I kind of, I mean, so my biggest problem with the prequel trilogy of Star Wars is the very last one tries to, all of them try to put people in places they need to be for the new hope, right? Mm -hmm. But there's like a 30-year gap in there where they don't do anything. They're just sitting there for 30 years. What I like about the possibility of a next Han Solo movie or whatever they do next um is seeing Lando get to Cloud City like why does he live there? why does you know Darth Maul get left behind? Uh, where where like why is Kira dead? Why is Han Solo a more hardened person by the time we get to him on Tatooine? I would love to see the 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 actual uh, run he does for Jabba where he has to drop the cargo because he gets boarded. Um, there are things I would I would enjoy seeing play out a little bit because. The characters were so enthralling, and the acting was so good in this. I just had so much fun, and even with Paul Bettany as Dick, as much of a dick as he was in this, <laughs> and a bad guy, I loved to see his scars open up as he got madder like yeah, i don't know made, what that, that is but that was that really made cool.
1: me it made me uncomfortable i guess that's good <laughs> that the that the movie could get that reaction out of me but i was like oh please don't get mad paul bettany i don't want to see your face open up again it really weirds me out so i yeah. guess that's i guess that's good <laughs> on that yeah. on that side of things but uh, yeah um, like you like you said I, I i had a good time with these yeah, characters yeah i don't i'm just i just there's a lot more i want to see
0: but it's fun you, you, we had a good time And I think that's If someone's Someone's asked me Hey should I see it Yes you should see this movie I think Even if you don't like If you're on the fence About you know uh, The Last Jedi Or um, The Force Awakens Whichever one you like better Doesn't matter Because this is fun regardless The adventure yeah. is Very Star Warsy.
1: Yeah, and they kind of, they so. do kind of tee it up for a possible solo sequel, which kind of messes with my neat lizard brain a little <laughs> bit, because I thought all of these Star Wars stories movies were going to be kind of one-off stories where we just kind of get snapshots of other characters, so even if Darth mm-hmm. Maul does show up in a Boba Fett movie, like, are we going to see uh, Aaron Reich ever again? It might be kind of nice for him maybe to pop up in another movie. That kind of starts to pull in a little bit of, of the Marvel equation and the DNA a little bit, where it's just... Just like, hey, we don't have to have a Hulk movie. We don't have to have another Solo movie. But maybe Han Solo just pops up in the Boba Fett movie. Because I, I didn't know this. I didn't quite remember. But I guess um, Han does know of Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi, right? Or before Empire, yeah, before he gets... It, like, he it, knows of the of the bounty hunter.
0: Yeah, he knows of the bounty hunters as well. He's run into several of them a few
1: times. So Yeah, so I guess there's a relationship maybe there... Uh, to tack on, he, he, to... he
0: actually in the old Legends books he um, created Dengar, uh on axe or not Dengar, um the one who has like the the turban on his head and like one robot eye because he pushed a thruster on in his face and like burnt half his face off. Oh yeah, I, sure. I have
1: I'm not familiar with that yeah. that canon or that lore.
0: Um... So so what the problem
1: <laughs> is is we
0: we normally talk about box office. This movie's only at 150 right now. There's another day left on the on the holiday weekend, but it's only made 150 million worldwide not a not a huge opening weekend especially for memorial day I, I don't know but as we know disney has money to spend yeah and a lot of these actors have signed on for three movies yeah real, i would so.
1: but also didn't um whoever was the rogue the, one people yeah so i guess maybe that's probably just like a blanket deal now with uh franchise yeah. movies like we just got to have the option for you to sign on um but would you want to see s-
0: another one even, even though I'm – I know I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm like, would you want to see a C- uh, second one of these?
1: I would like to see the characters again, but what I was going to say I, – I have to see this movie I th- I again in order to kind of figure out where the movie kind of slowed down for me. So hopefully that's a problem that could kind of fix – moving forward so i'm not just kind of like kind of spacing out and looking around at the theater making weird funny faces at my wife because i i I think a a non-star wars fan like my wife like i think she can she can like respect like the the lore and kind of like the popularity that she has but she's just not a big star wars person and there's nothing wrong with that she's kind of more of star trek but you know she went to this movie and you know she really felt the length a lot more than me you know and she's not really she can't really appreciate all of these uh different like nuances of the movie because like I said she doesn't know all of these little things that happen in the Star Wars universe so I, I could see somebody that goes in not knowing much about the character just being like okay like I feel like I'm missing something here Uh, Like maybe this is a little bit too winking and nodding for a character that maybe people don't know very well and that might go into the box office a little bit maybe it's just like maybe a uh, kind of a casual star wars fan feels like that they can't enjoy this movie as much so they're not going to buy a ticket right away or maybe han solo isn't as much of a draw to the box office as harrison ford is as, as han solo so yeah, I, I don't I, I don't really I, know how the box office is shaking out. You know, I don't I'm really gonna, know what the, the question I'm is. I'm gonna there. go the other
0: way because I think when the public gets word that they fired a director in the middle of it, what what do you think of a movie? Even yeah. even though we're in it, but like that was big public news when Star Wars fires a director.
1: Yeah, but I feel like that's really going to resonate more with people that are in the Star Wars kind of lore and fandom. Like, you know, those kind of people are going to see the movie no matter what. It's kind of more of these kind of ancillary movie viewers that probably don't see that news and aren't really making their movie-going decisions that way. You know, or this really could be an Infinity War trickle effect. We've talked about this before. That was a big, huge, blockbuster, gigantic movie that really kicked the summer off right. And maybe, I mean, maybe after people saw that, they were just kind of like, all right, I I saw my big summer blockbuster movie. Maybe now I can kind of wait until the end of June or July until I roll back into the theater again. And also it's Memorial Day weekend. Maybe I want to go enjoy the weather or something. I mean, I know this is kind of weird economics kind of talk, but but I did hear that travel for Memorial Day weekend weekend was up five percent this year compared to last year so there's more people out there getting out there and vacationing so heck you know add five percent to the box office you know that could be uh that could be what disney was looking for originally so uh, there's a lot of things going in here but i'm i'm no economist i'm no wizard well i think you're
0: i mean you're underplaying like the biggest thing here is deadpool 2 was last weekend Oh yeah, like it's that's not true. just Infinity War. Like Infinity War is now 5 weeks out. Like But even Deadpool be- 2
1: didn't quite perform as well as the first one, so maybe the wave of Infinity War is just so catastrophic that no movie can quite swim out of its wake. I I, well, I don't think Infinity
0: War is doing it even though it's sitting at 1.9 billion. It, it it's still number 3 this weekend. Like it, it's Solo is number 1. Deadpool 2 is half of Solo. I think Deadpool 2 is actually going to eat into it a lot more. Because I think the we talked about this. The marketing campaign for Deadpool two was weird, not as not weird like the first one was, but like very not pre- prevalent, I guess. Mm-hmm. Seems and kinda, Solo kind of had the same me. marketing campaign. So I think if we take a look here at Deadpool, just taking a look at Deadpool two. Uh, let me. I want to try to see if I can pull up the opening weekend of Deadpool two. But uh, one hundred and thirty two for Deadpool one. Opening weekend for Deadpool Two was 207. Deadpool Two actually outperformed Deadpool One opening weekend. So um, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of movies in the box office right now, and trying to watch them all is, is might be a problem. Black Panther yep. is still in the theaters, Mike.
1: It's it's <laughs> it's, it's 14. Yeah, week, G- so. yeah, that's surprising. But yeah, either way, th- yeah, the box office performance is not tanking Star, Star Wars at all in any yeah. given fashion. But yeah, it was it was an interesting, I don't want to call it an experiment, but it was kind of maybe nice. It was nice to see something a little little different. You know, we got to see some of our old characters recast. We didn't really see a whole lot of that in Rogue One. Rogue One was kind of an all-new cast of characters. <laughs> and a we got CGI to see, old one. <laughs> yeah, that we got to see live and die on screen. So this was a little bit of a different equation equation and we're kind of seeing how it plays out but you know if you stay subscribed to the superhero slate podcast listen to our weekly news episodes we'll keep you informed of the box office and how things go and if we hear little whispers and trickles of possibly a solo two which is would you, what do you yeah. call it duo duo a star wars story duo a star wars story? that's that's,
0: that's a chris <laughs> joke
1: who are you that's mine uh. don't, don't don't get into
0: those lowbrow humor things <laughs> um no i mean um I, I don't know. I, I think this is going to have legs, and uh, I think we're going to see more people be going over the next couple of weeks, because there's nothing out next week, is there, that that you're off the top of your head?
1: I think, off the top of my head, I think the next big movie is either Jurassic World or Incredibles. Incredibles
0: think, is the 15th, so we got like two weeks of Han Solo yeah, maybe and, the, and I, believe ju-
1: I believe Jurassic World is the next week after. So yeah, so... You might have a little bit of a breather right now.
0: Yeah, word of mouth. I've had a lot of people ask me what this, how this movie is, and that they should go see it. So I'm hoping word of mouth will get more people going than just you know initial marketing. So we'll see. We'll definitely see. Uh, any last notes on this, Mike? I mean, I think
1: I, th- I think I, I think I've said my said piece. Uh, just like yeah. Rogue, just like Rogue One, I. I probably won't see this movie again until it possibly hits Netflix streaming, but who knows if actually that'll happen. That Disney streaming service might yeah. drop before it gets a chance. But we all know I'm getting the Disney streaming service, so it's probably going to be a free stream for me until I until I see it again.
0: I'm not going to ask you to rank this on Star Wars movies because I think that's just unfair to that. <laughs> but do you think I was thinking about this on the way home in 30 years whenever people revisit Star Wars again? Mm -hmm. do you have them watch them in
1: release or in consecutive timeline order now? Or how do you do that? Oh, geez. I don't even know. I thought you were going to ask me, I know I can't rank them, but would you say it's better than Rogue One? And I was like, yeah, it's definitely better than Rogue One. Characters are more memorable, (laughs) more enjoyable, more fun. Yeah, better than Rogue One. (laughs) Um,
0: But I I just think, you know, if someone has never seen Star Wars before and people out there do exist, God bless their (laughs) souls, Um, do you tell them to do one, two, three solo rogue one?
1: I guess if, I mean, if they're, if they're looking for homework, I guess. Yeah. You got a lot of shit that you need to watch, but that's gotta be such a weird and jarring experience for somebody that's never seen a star Wars movie. Just like, okay, so you're going to go ahead and you're going to watch this in chronological order. So you're going to start with the prequels, which is going to be tons of CGI and just flat staging. And then you're going to jump to these really high-end kind of boutique blockbuster Star Wars stories. Then you're going to transfer into the original trilogy which was made in the freaking 70s and it's going to be very strange and look very (laughs) kind of like a bell
0: curve. The the high point's in the middle.
1: Yeah, you're going to be bouncing all over the place and then eventually you'll get to The Last Jedi that made everybody happy and everybody angry. So let me know when you get to that. I want to know what you
0: think. (laughs) You're going to get to a fork in the road. It's called The Last Jedi. You're either going (laughs) to like it or you're going to hate it. There's no Yeah. In between,
1: we don't know if so. you're gonna abandon it, but I guess if if you if you made it through the prequels, I mean that's a trial on its own. But
0: yeah, right. This is this is <laughs> the biggest uphill challenge you'll ever have. So, um, yeah, your favorite character is Jar Jar. Let me tell you, you're gonna love him later when he doesn't show up. So oh,
1: man, he's pulling the strings. Oh man, I would have the, lost it if Jar Jar was actually in that hologram. Oh my god, the uh, whole world would be they'll never they'll never
0: make him a mastermind (laughs) but i did expect to almost see him on like the street somewhere so i'm honestly um,
1: expecting almost to see like a gungan head on like a wall or something like a taxidermy gungan uh, there's
0: your boba fett there's your boba fett trophies
1: (laughs) yeah there you go
0: yeah he's hired to take out jar jar later (laughs) on it's predator style um all right, that's our Star Wars Han Solo, a Star Wars story review. Mike, if people want to know what you're up to, what you're watching, what your favorite Star Wars movies and scenes are, where can they
1: find you at? Well, they can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter to see what I'm out there tweeting and drawing. And if you want to read my web comics, you can check that out at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to see what you're up to, you're hitting up all the cons in your area this summer. Where can they follow you?
0: You can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V A L D A N, or you can head over to my Instagram, Valdan87. I think the eight, seven, probably. I don't yeah, remember. I lose track I think of this so. stuff. Uh, or uh, you can head over to comic UI. I'm behind on a couple videos there. We've been swamped at work in these four day work weeks. As, despite being pleasant means I have to fit five days of work in the mic. It's, <laughs> it's just dragging me down. So um, yeah, you can find us there. Uh, if people want to hear more of our news episodes that we do every week, because I don't think we have another movie scheduled unless you want to do Incredibles two, which I kind of really do. Um, and that is a superhero movie. So, if people want to hear our regular news shows in the interim, Mike, where can they find us at?
1: Well, as always, please visit superheroeslate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show. And to get our awesome show notes, if you're listening to a news episode when you're subscribed, because we're going to talk about a lot of things, and we got a lot of links thrown in there. So you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at SuperHeroSlate.com slash store. If you're liking the show, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, uh, you can drop us a comment on YouTube. Uh, you can uh, interact with us however you see fit. Retweets, comments—we love all of that. We love chatting with you guys. And if you want to be a super fan of the show, uh, you know, if you want to, if you want to be able to get that tattooed across your lower back and be like the the sexy tramp that you really want to be, all you have to do is share the show with a friend, <laughs> share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week, and you will be a super fan. A
0: superhero tramp stamp. That's that's not a ringing (laughs) endorsement Mike. yeah so oh well well i guess we're gonna head over to the news talk that over we'll check you out over there guys see you then all right bye everybody thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe
1: i've got a really good feeling about this